Hi, everyone. Welcome to Conversations That Heal. This is Susan Jacoby. I hope you are enjoying the 15-minute inspirational messages. These shows will help you to discover how to make the decision to overcome childhood trauma, develop self-love, and live a life of peace and joy. Today, my guests Mary Ann Angelilo and I are talking about releasing your emotional pain. Mary Ann is a professional speaker for the New York State Governor's Traffic Safety Committee. She is the author of the Central New York People's Choice Award book, Sharing My Stones, a memoir about her family's difficult journey to go on through the transforming power of grief, love, and faith. Marianne's website is sharingmystones.com. Welcome, Marianne, to Conversations That Heal. How are you today? I'm good, Susan. Thank you for having me. I'm very happy that you're with us. In your book, Sharing My Stones, can you tell our listeners what your primary message was in it? Yes. It took me many years to reflect on a personal journey after losing my son in a horrific car crash in 2004. And I journaled a lot over the years when I decided to officially put the journey in the form of a book to share with other people. My main focus was to give hope and encouragement to others by encouraging them to share their sorrow and their pain with other people because life sorrow is like carrying around a bag of heavy stones. And I learned from personal experience that by sharing my sorrow with other people, it was as though I took a stone out of my bag and gave it away and my load was ultimately lighter. So the main um, focus of the book uh, and the title is Sharing My Stones because I felt that was the greatest message I could give to anyone. Thank you for sharing about how you came up with writing your book. And I'm wondering, in your bio, you share that you speak to a lot of people. And I'm wondering how do you explain the power of sharing so that they're able to hear your message, especially the young adults that you speak to? Whenever I open up a conversation with young adults, and especially high school students, because that is the main audience that I have addressed for the last 12 years, I have to present an emotion to the young adults in order to touch their hearts. And it's very difficult to reach teenagers with statistics and tell them, don't do this and don't do that, don't drink and drive, don't drink alcohol. You know, And when you are constantly throwing out all these rules and laws at them, I think that they tend to close their ears, but when they hear an emotional mother share her journey after a tragic death of a teenager, um, Matthew was 17 at the time, and he made a, a very tragic decision to get into a car with a drunk friend and not care who was driving and not care about the wisdom of that person behind the wheel. So he made a really tragic decision, and in one instant, he lost his life. So when you appeal to the hearts of the students um, and present the emotional journey to them and explain to them that 
through sharing this journey with so many people, I have enabled myself to heal because I have given out so many stones. The many stones that I've given out both uh, give Matthew's life and death tribute and, and a legacy of its own. In listening to you, it reminds me of the parallel between your traumatic experience and adult survivor of childhood trauma's experience. Just as I'm sure it was hard for you to begin to share, I, I know that it's hard for anybody to really start sharing a traumatic event. Sharing with us the clearing and the healing that it brought you is really powerful and something that I think is important for our listeners to uh, pay attention to. How did you know? I think that healing is very complicated and the human inclination in a lot of, in a lot of cases when something traumatic has happened to them is they inherently unfortunately feel a lot of maybe shame or guilt And those are two very difficult emotions to overcome and to say, you know what, I I need to come out publicly and speak about this issue and not feel ashamed or guilty. I need to understand that there is a benefit to share this tragic story with others to help them understand how something like this can happen within a very close-knit loving family, that teenagers do make bad decisions and bad choices, and they are not invincible as much as they think they are. To share the tragedy, our tragedy, was to maybe give other people more heightened awareness so that maybe this could be prevented in their own family from occurring. I'm curious, I'll keep this to me since you know, we're all experts on ourselves. When I, I knew that I was able to share some of my story when I could share it and not either re-traumatize myself or be attached to the emotions that were behind the, the event. I'm wondering if you had the same experience because there's a point where you're not able to talk about it or share it and then to go as publicly as you did and I'm not saying that all of us have to go publicly like like you did but just to be able to share it and talk about it I wonder if there was a point for you like there was for me yes definitely um, what you're saying is so right because in the beginning there were clearly days that I had to have boundaries because I didn't feel the spirit I didn't feel I wasn't feeling up to it. I wasn't feeling strong. And then other days, I would feel tremendous strength. So that was a learning curve to start understanding myself and whether I would be up to a task and then how to prepare myself to be up to the task, knowing that it was going to be happening in the next week or two. So I definitely placed boundaries on myself so that I wasn't stuck in my grief because I was sharing it all the time. It was important for me to heal and to move forward and not to carry the emotion with me and impose that on my own family, on my own kids, and on my husband because they were 
wanting to move forward and start to live life differently and not carry the tragedy with them day in and day out. It was definitely a juggling act of learning how to do this and how to do it in the most healthy way I could possibly do it. This so eloquently takes me into my next question for you. What would you say the main obstacles are that prevent people from sharing and receiving and and healing? I'll I'll let you answer that. That is that's an excellent question because there are there's many factors that prevent people from going through the tunnel of pain. A lot of people, because of the nature of humans, we tend to want to go around it. We tend to want to avoid the pain. And most of us, I think, who do avoid it, it's fear. They know that if they sit down and look through a photo album or meet with a good friend of, let's say, my son's, I know I'm going to go through a tunnel of pain. So a lot of people will say, I don't want to go through that pain, so I'm going to avoid it. I'm going to go around it. And the problem with going around my son is that then you're basically making a decision that you want to start forgetting him because it's too painful to talk about. And that's a choice that a lot of bereaved parents have to make how to keep their child close to them in their heart for the rest of their living days on this earth, but do it in a peaceful way so that it doesn't bring them pain. That is the true goal, I think, of healing for a bereaved parent is to be able to get used to, you've prepared yourself to keep that child forever because you have gone through the tunnel You've gone through the pain, and you don't fear it anymore. You don't fear it. Again, that ties in so well for any trauma, and, and I'll keep it at survivors of childhood trauma since, you know, we're both bringing our experiences here. You were saying about forgetting your son and all the joys that, that he brought you, and likewise, for um, adult survivor healing from their trauma, while it is painful, and I, and I know that it's painful. You know, we're talking about two different balls of pain here, grieving of the loss of a child and the grieving of the loss of a childhood. It's important that you don't forget yourself, just like it's important not to forget your son. And, and that alone is a huge motivator when it becomes really hard to get through it. And I think those of us who have digested our disappointments in life and we've analyzed them, we, we understand them, and now and we know how to overcome them and we know how to be hopeful for the rest of our lives because we know that we have learned to accept what's happened to us and the pain but yet continue to have joy amidst that disappointment. So you actually learn to live with joy and pain coinciding. I'm glad that you put it that way because I was thinking before we closed the show that that I wanted to remind people that while there will be days where they feel complete with being able to talk about and move on and embrace their sorrow, their, their grief, 
there will be days where it comes back to remind you. So I didn't want to make the implication to anybody. The pain doesn't end. The grief will come and go, and it will wax and wane. But I know that the hole that was there, that was once, you know, my, my son's death, created this chasm in my life, in my family, and it took many years for the pain to soften to the point where it's now 12 years, and my pain is very much softened. And I have grown to smile and think about the love I have for my son when I think about him today. I can look at pictures of him. I can look at videos of him. And he is as close to me as my other children in my own heart. But in order to get to this place, I had to continue loving. And I know that um, I, I do work with a lot of people in recovery, and we actually use a 12-step healing recovery program that's biblically based. I know that there is a way where you at maybe once felt like a victim when you go through a healing program, you can come out feeling chosen to share that and knowing that you're stronger for it. That's a beautiful place to end our show for today. Thank you so very much for your time and, you, and for teaching us. And my thoughts are with everyone today who experiences pain for whatever reason. Thank you for giving us your grace. Marianne, did you have a free gift that you wanted to offer the listeners? I would love to donate uh, my book, Sharing My Stones, and hopefully it will get in someone's hands who can then learn how to share stones. And how can they get a hold of that? They can email me at mangelolo at mac.com or go on my website, www.sharingmystones.com. And if you would just make sure you include your address and name, and I will send off a book to you. That's a a wonderful and generous gift, and I I hope our listeners take advantage of that and be that first person who emails Marianne. I'll also put the email address on the description portion of the show so that it will be directly linked to her to make it easier for you. Join us on our next Conversations That Heal where we will continue this conversation with Marianne. And in our conversation, we'll be exploring the wisdom of our guides, our angels, and the message and support that we can receive from God if we allow ourselves to open our hearts. Marianne, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for your vulnerability and your wisdom in helping our listeners heal from their emotional pain and and sharing your pain with us so that we can not feel so alone. Yes, and that is exactly what the goal is, is that none of us should ever feel alone. I am continuing my conversation with Marianne on the next Conversations That Heal. We will be exploring the wisdom of our guides, our angels, and the message and support from God. Leave a comment on Blog Talk or iTunes to support us in reaching listeners in search of living a life of peace and joy. You are welcome to follow us on Blog Talk Radio for up-to-date announcements. Please email me at susan at conversationswithheal.com to let me know how you are enjoying the 15-minute format.
remember that you are a lovable and capable human being. Thank you for listening to Conversations That Heal. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.